Chapter 17 In which the moving castle moves houses. Moves house? Moves that was, house. That was a weird chapter title. I'm not even going to yeah, do it. But That's they, what you know what? They, they, it happens. Howell set to work as hard as if he had just had a week's rest. If Sophie had not seen him fight a grueling magic battle an hour ago, she would never have believed it. He and Michael dashed about calling measurements to one another and chalking strange signs in the places where they had earlier put up metal brackets. They seemed to have to chalk every corner, including the backyard. Sophie... Sophie's <laughs> Sophie's cubby hole under the stairs and the odd-shaped place in the bathroom ceiling gave them quite a bit of trouble. Sophie and the dogman were pushed this way and that, and then pushed aside completely so that Michael could crawl about chalking a five-point star inside a circle on the floor. Do you know where you are? You are in an endless epic. And here there be dragons. Welcome back, friends and relations, story seekers and adventurers. We are back once again in the world of Howl's Moving Castle. And I am, of course, here with my esteemed and established, tall and handsome, dark but not dark, brother, Sean Michael Smith. How you doing, bro? That's me. I am I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Got me some Starbucks coffee. You know, I can't complain. I have nothing to say about that. Got me the devil's bean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but no, I'm doing good. I'm excited to get into this. This is actually one of my favorite parts of um, the movie and the book. I really like this. Uh, it's one of the... Because, like, there, there's magic throughout this entire book, but, like... I think this is the first time, like, Sophie really gets to, like, experience see, the see magic. Wh what magic can really do. Because, like, she gets bits and pieces of it from, you know, the witch and Hal and, you know, M uh, Mrs. Pendragon. But, like. Penstemon. Penstemon. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just Go ahead. It's, continue. It's, it's a uh, fun little just uh the word eludes me but portion of this book that that we get to experience a, a deeper understanding of what the, like the magic in this world can do so right because in like in in most novels that include magic you get a, a fairly good idea of like what sort of magical abilities there are early on Right. right. Yeah, definitely. Like with uh, with the Hobbit, um, fairly early on in the book, we, we get the the trolls and uh, Gandalf like raising the sun early so that the trolls will turn to stone. You know, that sort of thing. And then in in Lord of the Rings, wow, that we, does we get to yeah. I totally forgot that. Wow. I've never read The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, so like all of my information It is it is on the demand list 
for what people want us to do. So. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, maybe we'll get to it at some point if we ever finish. Uh, would that be the Witcher? Part, I was like, would, that would be part of the like the the other podcast, not this one, right? It's kind of family. No, the, the the Hobbit, the Hobbit would be a part of this one. Okay. Yeah. Well, then maybe we'll get to it at some point. Um, I mean, I mean, honestly, doing the doing the Hobbit on the the family podcast would probably be more beneficial because then for for younger listeners and younger parents who who aren't necessarily like advanced in literature and a lot of the language of the Hobbit sort of evades people, right? Because it is, you know, it, it is from a previous generation. So even if it's still very beloved because of the films and the animations. Uh, a lot of the like the sentence structure and the way that Tolkien tells a story um, is is very old world. It, yeah. You know, it's it's very last generation. So us going through and you know pointing out little nuances and stuff might uh, might revitalize it for a lot of a lot of our listeners who are who might be younger or n- not necessarily big readers, but who who have always wanted to read the book. Yeah, that that's a really good point. That's a that, I like that like that all right let's get back into it michael had done this and was brushing the dust and chalk off his knees when hull came racing in with patches of whitewash all over the back the black all over his black clothes there we go yeah i got it sophie and the dog man were pushed aside again so that Hal could crawl about writing signs in and around both star and circle. Sophie and the dogman went to sit on the chair. The dogman was shivering. This did not seem to be magic he liked. Howell and Michael raced out to the yard. Howell raced back. That's that's me. <clears throat> Sophie! Mm-hmm. He shouted. Quickly, what are we selling at the in the shop flowers Sophie said thinking of Mrs. Fairfax again perfect said Howell and hurried over to the door with a pot of paint and a small brush he dipped the brush into the pot and carefully painted the blue blob yellow he dipped again this time the brush came out purple and he painted the green blob with it at the third dip, the paint was orange, and the orange went over the red blob. He did not touch the black blob. He turned away, and the end of his sleeve went into the paint pot with the brush. Botheration, said Howell, dragging it out, trailing. The tip of the sleeve was all the colors of the rainbow. Howell shook it, and it was black again. Which shoot is that, really? Sophie asked. I've forgotten. Don't interrupt. The difficult part is coming up. Howell said, rushing to paint the pot back to the bench. Rushing the paint pot back to the bench. Okay. (laughs) He picked up a small jar of powder. Michael, where's the silver shovel? Michael raced in from the yard with a big, gleaming spade. The handle was wood, but the blade did seem to be solid silver. All set out there, 
he said. Howell rested the shovel on his knee in order to chalk a sign on both handle and blade. He sprinkled red powder from the jar on it. He put a pinch of the same grains carefully in each point of the star and tipped all the rest into the middle. Stand clear, Michael. He said. Everyone, stay clear. Are you ready, Calcifer? Calcifer emerged from between his logs in a long thread of blue flame. As ready as I'll ever be, he said. You know this could kill me, don't you? Look on the bright side, said Howell. It could, it could be me it kills. Hold on tight. One, two, three. He dug the shovel into the grate and very steadily and slowly, keeping it straight and level with the bars. For a second, he juggled it gently to get it under Calcifer. Then, even more steadily and gently, he raised it. Michael was quite obviously holding his breath. Done it, said Howell. Logs toppled sideways. They did not seem to be burning. Howell stood up and turned round, carrying Calcifer on the shovel. The room was filled with smoke. The dogman whined and shivered. Howell coughed. He had a little trouble holding the shovel steady. Sophie's eyes were watering and it was hard to see clearly, but as far as she could tell, Calcifer, just as he had said to her, did not have feet or legs either. He was a long pointed blue face rooted into a faintly glowing black lump. The black lump had a dent in the front of it, which suggested at first sight that Calcifer was kneeling on tiny folded legs. But Sophie saw that was not but Sophie saw that was not so when the lump rocked slightly, showing it was rounded underneath. Calcifer obviously felt terribly unsafe. His orange eyes were round with fear, and he kept shooting feeble little arm-shaped flames out of either side, in a useless attempt to take hold of the sides of the shovel. Won't be long. Howell choked, trying to be soothing, but he had to shut his mouth hard and stand for a moment, trying not to cough. The shovel wobbled, and Calcifer looked terrified. Howell recovered. He took a long, careful step into the chalked circle, and then another into the center of the five-pointed star. There, holding the shovel out level, he turned slowly. One complete turn and Calcifer turned with him, sky blue and staring with panic. It felt as if the whole room turned with them. The dogman crouched close to Sophie. Michael staggered. Sophie uh, felt as if their piece of the world had come loose and was swinging and jigging around in a circle, sickeningly. She did not blame Calcifer for looking so frightened. Everything was still swinging and swaying as Howell took the same long, careful steps out of the star and out of the circle. He knelt down by the hearth and, with enormous care, slid Calcifer back into the grate again, 
packed the logs back round him. Calcifer flopped green flames. Calcifer flopped green flames uppermost. Howl leaned on the shovel and coughed. The room rocked and settled. For a few instants, while the smoke still hung everywhere, Sophie saw, to her amazement, the well-known outlines of the parlour in the house where she had been born. She knew it even though its floor was bare boards and there were no pictures on the wall. The castle room seemed to wriggle itself into place inside the parlour, pushing it out here, pulling it in there, bringing in the ceiling down to match its own beamed ceiling until the two melted together and became the castle room again. Except perhaps it was now a bit higher and squarer than it had been before. Have you done it, Calcifer? Coughed Howl. I think so. Calcifer said, rising up the chimney. He looked none the worse for his ride on the shovel. You had better check me, though. Howl helped himself up on the shovel and opened the door with the yellow blob downwards. Outside was the streak street in Market Chipping that Sophie had known all her life. People she knew were walking past in the evening, taking the stroll before supper, the way a lot of people did in summer. Howell nodded at Calcifer, shut the door, and turned the knob orange down, opened it again. A wide, weedy drive wound away from the door now, among clumps of trees and most picturesquely lit sideways by the low sun. In the distance stood a grand stone gateway with statues on it, where... Uh, oh, with statues on it, there you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is this? Said Howell. An empty mansion at the end of the valley. Calcifer said rather defensively. It's the nice house you told me to find. It's quite fine. I'm sure it is. Said Howell. I simply hope the real owners won't object. He shut the door and turned the knob round to purple down. Now for the moving castle. He said as he opened it again. It was nearly dusk out there, a warm wind full of different scents blew in. Sophie saw a blank, a bank of dark leaves drift by, loaded with purple flowers among the leaves. It spun slowly away, and its place was taken by a stand of dim white lilies and a glimpse of sunset on water beyond. The smell was so heavenly that Sophie was halfway across the room before she was aware. No, your long nose stays out of there until tomorrow. Howell said, and he shut the door with a snap. That part's right on the edge of the waist. Well done, Calcifer. Perfect. A nice house and lots of flowers, as ordered. He flung the shovel down and went to bed, and must have... And he must have been tired. There were no groans, no shouts, and almost no coughing. Sophie and Michael were tired too. Michael flopped into the chair and sat stroking the dogman, staring. 
Sophie perched on the stool, feeling strange. They had moved. It felt the same, but different. Quite confusingly, and... Why was the moving castle now at the edge of the waste? Was it the curse pulling Howl toward the witch? Or had Howl slithered out so hard that he had come out right behind himself and turned out what most people would call honest? Sophie looked at Michael to see what he thought. Michael was asleep, and so was the dogman. Sophie looked at Calcifer instead, sleepily flickering among the rosy logs, with his eyes, with his orange eyes almost shut. She thought Calcifer pulsing almost white. She thought of Calcifer pulsing almost white, with white eyes, and then Calcifer staring anxiously as he wobbled on the shovel. He reminded her of something. The whole shape of him did. Calcifer, she said. Were you a falling star? Why am I? What is that, Sophie? That's so weird. I mean, it's not bad. It is it's, 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 bad. It's, it's up there. Calcifer opened one orange eye at her. Of course. He said. I can talk about it if you know. The contract allows me to. And Hal caught you. Said Sophie. Five years ago. Said Calcifer. Out on Port Haven Marsh. Just after he set up as Jenkins the Sorcerer. He chased me in seven league boots. I was terrified of him. I was terrified anyway. Because when you fall, you know you're going to die. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> I'd have done anything rather than die. When Hal offered to keep me alive the way humans stay alive, I suggested a contract on the spot. Neither of us knew what we were getting into. I was grateful, and Hal only offered because he was sorry for me. Just like... Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Just like Michael. Said Sophie. What's that? Oh, wait, sorry. <clears throat> Michael said... Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Pack it up. I mean, he's sleepy. He could no, sound no. like that. <laughs> Definitely not. What? What's that? Michael said, waking up. Uh, oh. Wait, hold on. Is, it, is this Michael? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sophie, I wish we weren't right on the edge of the waste. I didn't know we would be... I don't feel safe. Nobody's safe in a wizard's house. Calcifer said feelingly. Whatever that means. Next morning, the door was set to black blob down, and to Sophie's great annoyance, it would not open at any setting. She wanted to see those flowers, witch or no witch. So she took out her impatience by fetching a bucket of water and scrubbing the chalk signs off the floor. Howl came in while she was doing it. Work, work, work. He said, stepping over Sophie as she scrubbed. He looked a little strange. His suit was all dense black, but he had turned his hair fair again. 
It looked white against the black. Sophie glanced at him and thought of the curse. Howell may have been thinking of it too. He picked the skull out of the sink and held it in one hand mournfully. Alas, poor York, he said. She heard mermaids. So it follows there is something rotten in the state of Denmark. I have caught an everlasting cold, but luckily I am terribly dishonest. I cling to that. He coughed pathetically, but his cold was getting better, and it did not sound very convincing. Sophie exchanged looks with the dogman, who was sitting and watching her, looking as doleful as Howell. You should go back to Letty. She murmured. What's that? Say, uh, oh, no. Yeah, that's you. Oh. Oh, she said to Howl. Huh, hold on. What? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, that's what she murmured. What's that? She said to Howl. Miss Angor, I am not going well. I don't, I don't what's know the matter? Talking. What? Because you you said what's that? Okay, just move on. Just move on. That's why I got confused. <laughs> she said to Howl, "Miss Angoria, not going well. Pick up your line." <laughs> Dreadfully, said Howl. Lily Angorian has a heart like a boiled stone. He put the skull back on the sink and shouted for Michael. Food, work. He yelled. After breakfast, they took everything out of the broom cupboard. Then Michael and Howell knocked a hole in the side wall of it. Dust flew out of the cupboard and strange thumpings occurred. At last, they both shouted for Sophie, and Sophie came, meaningly carrying a, bro carrying a broom. And there was an archway where the wall had been leading to the steps that had always connected the shop to the house. Howell beckoned her to come and look at the shop. It was empty and echoing. Its floor was now tiled in black and white squares, like Mrs. Pedstemon's hall, and the shelves, which had once held hats, had a vase of wax silk roses and small posy of velvet cowslips on them, Sophie realized she was expected to admire it, so she managed not to say anything. I found the flowers in the workshed out at the back, said Howell. Come and look at the outside. He opened the door into the street, and the same shop bell tinkled that Sophie had heard all her life. Sophie hobbled out into the empty early morning street. The shop front had been newly painted green and yellow. Curly letters over the window said, Ainch Jenkins, fresh flowers daily. Change your mind about common names, haven't you? Said Sophie. For reasons of disguise only. Said Howell. I prefer... Pendragon. And do the fresh flowers come from? And where do the fresh flowers come from? 
Sophie asked. You can't say that and then sell wax roses off hats. Wait and see. Said Howell, leading the way back into the shop. They went through and out into the yard. Sophie had known all her life. It was only half the size now because Howell's yard from the moving castle took up one side of it. Sophie looked up beyond the brick wall of Howell's yard into her own old house. It looked rather odd because of the new window in it that belonged to Howell's bedroom. And it made Sophie feel odder still when she realized that Howell's window did not look out onto things she saw now. She could see the window of her own old bedroom up above the shop. That made her feel odd too, because there did not seem to be any way to get up into it now. Sophie hobbled after Howell indoors again and up the stairs to the broom cupboard. She realized she was being very gruff. Seeing her old home this way was giving her many fearsome mixed feelings. I think it's all very nice, she said. Really? Said Howell coldly. His feelings were hurt. He did not like to be appreciated, Sophie thought, sighing, as Howell went to the castle door and turned the knob purple down. On the other hand, she did not think she ever praised Howell any more than Calcifer, and she wondered why she should start now. The door opened. Big bushes loaded with flowers drifted gently past and stopped so that Sophie could climb down among them. Between the bushes, lanes of long, bright green grass led in all directions. Howell and Sophie walked down the nearest, and the castle followed them, brushing petals off as it went. The castle, tall and black and misshapen though it was, blowing its particular little wisps of smoke from one turret to another, did not look out of place here. Magic had been at work here. Sophie knew it had. And the castle fitted somehow. There was hot and the air was hot and steamy and filled with a scent of flowers, thousands of them. Sophie nearly said the smell reminded her of the bathroom after Howell had been in it, but she bit it back. The place Oh, excuse me. The place was truly marvellous. Between the bushes and their loads of purple, red, and white flowers. The wet grass was full of smaller flowers, pink ones with only three petals, giant pansies, wild follocks, lupins of all colors, orange lilies, tall white lilies, irises, and a myriad of others. There were creepers growing there were creepers growing flowers big enough for hats, cornflowers, poppies, and plants with strange shapes and stranger colors of leaves. Though it was not much like Sophie's dream of a garden like Mrs. Fairfax's, she forgot her gruffness and became delighted. You see, said Howell, he swung out an arm over his black sleeve, disturbing, and his black sleeve disturbed hundreds of, several hundred blue butterflies feasting on a bush of yellow roses. We can cut flowers by the armload every morning and sell them in marking chipping with the dew still on them. 
At the end of that green lane, the grass became squashy. Vast orchards sprouted under the bushes. Howell and Sophie came suddenly to a steaming pool crowded with water lilies. The castle veered off sideways around the pool and drifted down another avenue lined with different flowers. If you come out here alone, bring your stick to test the ground with. Howell said. It's full of springs and bogs. And don't go any further that way. He pointed southeast, where the sun was a fierce white disk in the misty air. That's the waste over there. Very hot and barren. Full of witch. Who made these flowers? Right on the edge of the waste. Sophie said. Wizard Solomon started it a year ago. Howell said, turning toward the castle. I think his notion was to make the waste flower and abolish the witch that way. He brought hot springs to the surface and got it growing. He was doing very nicely until the witch caught him again. Mrs. Pinstimmon said some other name. Did you hear that? No. No? Okay, it was just in my ear. All right, neat. <laughs> good? Yeah, I'm good. I think somebody might have just followed me on Twitch, though. Oh. Because I think my Twitch notification went off and it blasted in my ear. Yeah, I definitely did not hear that. <laughs> Sophie uh, said. <clears throat> Sophie said. He came from the same place as you, didn't he? Move or... <clears throat> more or less. Said Howell. I never met him, though. I came and had another go at the place a few months later. He s it seemed a good idea. That's how I came to meet the witch. She objected to it. Why? Said Sophie. The castle was waiting for them. She likes to think of herself as a flower. Howell said, opening the door. A solitary orchid blooming in the waste. Pathetic, really. Sophie took another look at the crowded flowers as she followed Howell inside. There were roses, thousands of them. Won't the witch know you're here? I tried to do the thing she'd least expect said Howell. And are you trying to find Prince Justin? Sophie asked, but Howell slithered out of answering by racing through the broom cupboards, shouting for Michael. Michael. Michael! Markle! Markle! <laughs> That's... And there we end, friends. A... <sighs> Chapter 17 A grandiose tale of moving and flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoy this chapter. It's it's pretty simple, you know, not not a lot um happens, but we again get to see you know, uh Howl's magic at work and we get a little bit more insight into Howl's past and how Kalsfer and Howl are connected. 
Howl, sorry, not Howl. Right. And there, there, this is one of the very few chapters in the book that parallels almost perfectly with its film counterpart. Yes, very true. Because pretty much blow for blow, this is exactly what happens in the film. The yeah. only difference is, at this point, we're seeing um, indication that Howell has feelings for Sophie and that Sophie has feelings for Howell. Right. Which, Which I don't know if anybody listening noticed... That is not what's going on here. That is not what's happening at this point. <laughs> at this juncture, they do not appear to give two tripes about each other. <laughs> Which, you know, doesn't really matter because eventually... <laughs> right. You know, stuff happens. <clears throat> and they end up liking each other. Ruin the book, I know. Sorry, Spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you've never read the book, you can stop now. Smith spoiled yeah, everything. Spoiled everything for you. Uh, no, that, um, that's what I actually like about this book is there's still, like, what? We have probably four, three or four more chapters because we have 18, 19. Uh, well, apparently, that's where I was last in that book. <laughs> uh, where is... I think we have like four, four more chapters, and there's still a lot that has to come up. Are you just not gonna? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, four more chapters, and but yeah, there's still so much to ha to happen in four chapters. So it's, I really, I, you know, Diana. Is it really only four more chapters? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. And there's so much that happens in those four chapters. <laughs> I know, man. That's That means that there's only four more episodes of Howl's Moving Castle yep. after this. Yep. And, and We're going to have to... And a watch party, potentially. Well, yeah. Yeah, a watch party and... Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. I got you. <laughs> Four more chat, four more episodes, and a watch party. And a watch party, so you know. But it's still crazy to think, I know. right? I like, know. No, dude, that's what like they, she packs so much into the last because like th that is relatively uneventful. What just happened in this chapter, you know? I mean, stuff happened. We found stuff out, but not a lot crazy goes down. But in the last four chapters, like there's a lot to still wrap up, and she does it, and I I think it. it it's pretty elegant how it works out. Um, right, dude. It's like it's it's like if all of the Star Wars films leading up to the reveal that Darth Vader uh, is Anakin Skywalker, right? Like, whoa! Everything. Spoiler alert. Hey, what? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Come on, it's only been for like... anybody. <laughs> only been like forty years. It's only been like forty-five years. Dude, that that's crazy in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> 40, 45 years since Star Wars came out. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, I think... Oh, hold on. I'm going to look. Uh, keep, keep talking. Sorry. I, I, you, well, because I, I think wasn't it, the first one was like in 1970-something, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like imagine if all of those films had like never intertwined... Luke and Darth Vader, but had like told their stories entirely separately, right? 
Like, there's no real reference to each other at all. Yeah. In those stories. And then suddenly, Darth Vader just, like, showed up in the same place as Luke Skywalker and was like, Yo, son. You're my son. <laughs> you are my son. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Dude, I, I, we were almost right on the money. It's 44 years. <laughs> wow. Damn, dude, that's so long ago. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Somebody, was it you that was bringing up uh, the 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 '60s music? Uh, that that whole that whole uh, well, because we I th- I think we I don't I don't know I think that it was you that said it that the music that we were listening oh, yeah. to in the '90s that we were thinking was old in the '60s yeah. was just as far away from the '60s in the '90s as the '90s is away from today. Correct. Music that was made in the 90s is technically oldies. <laughs> or or but, yeah, classic but, rock, however you want to... Which is, which is crazy, dude. Because that means that, means, that means that Green Day's first album, Blink-182's first album, and The Offspring's first album all count as classic rock and or oldies. Yep. It, no, dude, it's, it's wild. <laughs> that, does not, that does not feel right. No. Well, dude, they, they, they've broken it up now. It's not like classic rock. But there's now the first generation of classic rock, and then there's now classic rock. <laughs> just, just See, because what, what what bothers me about weird. this is that thirty years from now, that means that Cardi B and Little Nas X are gonna be on a classic rock compilation somewhere. I, yeah, I, I I wholeheartedly disagree with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, Absolutely. but how many people our age back in the '90s were were would have said that about the Offspring and Blink One Eighty Two? But that was actually good. <laughs> they didn't think so. What are you talking about? They did not think so. Who's they? People like oh, the well, people who were our age. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess you're right. I'm just trying to be. I'm ooh, just trying to be introspective ooh, here. <laughs> ooh, oh God, you're actually right. <laughs> I'm not happy about this either. Wow, that's... But I was thinking about it the other day. That was that was kind of actually just a wake-up moment. Because you were like, the people our age. I'm like, what are you talking about? The people our age loved that music. But back then, the people that were as old as we are at that right. time. Yeah. That's weird. It's... <laughs> God, I just so, opened my so I just opened my phone and I have a I have a message preview from from Faye that says disregard that haha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's in regards to, well, but just, the message preview just says disregard that. Just disregard it then. Don't even worry about it. I, I, I will disregard it. Don't even worry about it. Oh my god, I'm excited uh, for the next four chapters of this book though. Um, this. They are going to be beefy. We need to start talking about what we're going to do because uh, we, we want to give away a copy of the book, as is tradition at the end. Yep. Um, we don't want to make the competition as difficult as the last one was because nobody managed to uh, even get through that giveaway. Yeah, I think we were a little bit overzealous with. Yeah. With yeah. that, um, we were we were overzealous with how much we thought people liked the podcast. We don't want it. We don't want to. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <No. laughs> Called out. <laughs> Um, so, in what, uh, hold on, I, I'm trying to think about how to phrase this, what would you guys be willing to do 
to win a copy of Hell's Movie Castle. But I mean, would you guys would you guys do it for a Klondike bar? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't I don't know. People will do question? anything for Hold a on. Klondike no. bar. <laughs> what is that question though? Would you do a what? <laughs> would you would you win a copy of Howl's Moving Castle for a Klondike bar? <laughs> Does it make any sense? Like my brain is so hurt it's by simple. that statement. Would you win a copy of Howl's Moving Stop. Castle for a Klondike bar? No, you can't you can't say that because it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Sure it. it does. Stop would, it. Would you? Right now. It's not what okay. would you do to win a copy of Howl's Moving Castle? And then proceeded by <laughs> the, the typical question of, would you do it for a Klondike bar? <laughs> you can't do that. That's not how words work. <laughs> I just <laughs> used them. That's exactly how they work. You're wrong, sir. You're incorrect. <laughs> that is not okay. No. Uh, also, you don't get a Klondike bar with your copy of House Movie Castle. There's no way that'll hold up in shipping. <laughs> yeah, no, it would logistically, be Logistically, that's a nightmare. <laughs> uh, and you'll especially, probably ruin your book, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I figure, um, I don't know if they still sell hard copies, but we'll we'll try and find we'll um, make a, a hard, hard copy. Co- I mean, we could. We'll make a hard copy. Um, oh, we'll try. This is also a perfect opportunity uh, to bring up the. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of what kind of endless epic products would you guys like to see? Would you guys like to see? Because we 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 had ideas for like um, like coasters that were themed after the the different. Uh, uh, stories that were going over in the 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 podcast, as well as um, different types of like wooden and and felt bookmarks. Uh, but we also we also realized that there you know there's not a whole lot of uh, demand for those kinds of things, and yeah. we want whatever you guys get to be functional and useful. So we also had ideas for like uh, you know lamps and uh, whatnot that would uh, have images from the different stories that were going over on them and they could either be used for like common areas or for children's rooms so those are what we have right now but is there is there any kind of um product like journals pens you know stuff like that that you guys think that you would want um that would be functional and something that we could uh get you guys for endless epic because i know there's not a whole lot of endless epic product out there we have the one shirt uh which is uh a great shirt. Yeah, you knew better, but you didn't do better. Is a great shirt. Yeah, spectacular shirt. I've never seen a finer shirt anywhere the in the world. It's the best shirt ever made. <laughs> There's never been better shirts. We love that shirt. <laughs> There's some shirts that make statements. This shirt makes the statement. The statement. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But seriously. Um, the, the, you knew better, but you didn't do better shirt is a reference to season one of endless epic. For those of you guys that don't know who are just joining in, uh, in either dark tales or in this season for the first time, um, one of the, one of the characters, uh, talks about failing and folly. And at some point during that chapter, 
uh, we simplified it down to you knew better, but you didn't do better. Do better. <laughs> and we felt that it was a pure personification of the 21st century and where most of our problems come from. Because most people can, with, with, like, most people do know better. Yep. They're yep. Not idiots. Well, I, I think, and I think that that was the that was the big point that we hit on during that chapter is that people generally aren't stupid, but they will use any excuse to be or act stupid. Right. <laughs> uh, so, if you want your you knew better but you didn't do better shirt, you can get them in multiple very lovely colors over on our website, punktownmedia.com, um, which I think is linked through all of my social media. So, if you're Should following be. me anywhere else. Um, I, yeah, I have it linked on my Instagram. Yeah, should be good, good. I can't wait until I get to 10,000 followers on Instagram so I can finally start doing linked stories. Yeah, like swipe up Because stuff. me, yeah, because me, me, me having to be like, okay, guys, here's the way that you find the link is so annoying. I hate that so much. Well, hey, guys, and so what many, are you waiting for? Go get them to 10,000. As much as I would like, to, as much as I would like to think that that would work, we, there... While the Endless Epic crew is great, there's, <coughs> all, there's only about a hundred or so people who listen so to the podcast. If every one of them tells one person <laughs> that they know, that's another I mean, thousand. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Just saying. But I know, I know for a fact that all of the people who follow the podcast definitely follow me on Instagram. But if, they, if each one of them, I'm sorry, I totally said that wrong. If each one of them tells ten people that they know. Sorry. You're also assuming that they know 10 people. All right, like, tell every assumption. person that they know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you, it's and, you, and I just, you and I just get a bunch of messages from all the people who uh, follow the podcast. They're like, hey, you guys should follow Jesus on Instagram. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I love you guys. Uh, you're amazing. You're, you, I was like, <laughs> you're just shitting on our audience right now. <laughs> I am not. They're all reclusive nerds. What do you want from me? Look, I believe in you guys. I think you can do it. I know Castle's shitting on you and saying you guys are like losers or Look, whatever. I did it. No, whoa, whoa, no whoa, whoa. Hang on. I, with no friends. Hey, I never said loser and you said a swear. All right? This is a family-friendly podcast. No, I didn't. It got bleeped out. Didn't you, you hear that? I did not hear it. And yeah. given that I'm editing it, I'm probably not going to bleep it out. That's rude. <laughs> it's just disrespectful. Look, look, I'll go, I'll go through it. Marcus, he works at a gaming cafe. That's okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, he does, he does a lot of... in contact with. Hey, welcome to my I gaming mean, that's... cafe. Go follow us. Let me use this on Instagram. Boom. That... <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. Uh, and then we've got, wore, we've got... If he wore the shirt, not saying, well, maybe we'll send Marcus one. You know, I'm not saying he has to buy one. We're not, we're not those type of people, but... I would the, love, I would love, I would love to... I would love to send Marcus, like Marcus is, Marcus and Selena have been such like vocal supporters of the podcast yeah. on Twitter. I would love to send them stuff, but Selena already bought everything. How so I, I can't send her anything she doesn't already have. Unacceptable. That was very yeah, weird. She owns know. all, she owns literally all of the product that we sell. Uh, so there's disgusting. no way I can send her something new. <laughs> how rude, how rude. And, that and, just, that's just and rude. Marcus, now look how bad Marcus, we can't send you free stuff. And Marcus lives in the UK, so like I would spend more on shipping, sending him the things, 
than what it would cost me to, to make the product right, for him. Right, here's what we do. We Venmo him what it would cost <laughs> to get the t-shirt made there, and then he gets it made. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Oh, right? God. We're just... <laughs> <laughs> and on We're that note... <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us on this leg of Howl and Sophie's journey beyond the Phantom Toll booth. Thank you for all of the subscribers and all of our Patreon supporters. We appreciate you guys' patience. Very much um, so. In these last couple weeks when we have had uh, some turmoil and tumultuous programming issues and recording issues. Uh, you guys are incredible. Thank you guys for the support. Um, and big shout out once again to all of the OG supporters and to our, uh, our official reviewer on Twitter, Marcus, who's, who's dope. Always, always appreciate uh, it. Yeah. And, uh, of course the super fan, uh, Selena, who, who just, it, she, like I said, like every time we come out with something, she gets it. So like, even if, even if, even, even if there were a slight opportunity or, or need or want to send her something, she already has it. So there's like, well, maybe, well, maybe we send it in a different color, you know, like, so she has it in like, oh, I mean, it's true. So she like That's has true. it in like black or red or purple or whatever we send. Well, it and black is, color. black is always flattering. So, well, yeah. Alright, uh, you can follow you can follow my brother over here over on Instagram at Anshon A-N-N-N-S-E-A-N And in a very short amount of time you can check out the print shop that will be up on our website and oh, that's true. photography that's true. services Tell a friend Yes, indeed Because that's all going to be updated and going, going live, guys uh, and then, of course, you can follow him over on TikTok at Real Thick Jesus uh, or The Real Thick Jesus, extra thick with two Q's, um, and at Real Thick Jesus over on Twitter. And of course, I am at The Real Slim Jesus on TikTok and Real Slim Jesus on Twitter and Instagram. I know this bit's boring, but I appreciate you guys sitting to listen to the uh, the housekeeping bits here, your legends. Uh, and again, thank you to everyone who subscribes and who rates the podcast. Those of you, the guys that uh, review us on Stitcher and on uh, iTunes, that actually helps the podcast to get ranked. And the more it gets ranked, the more we get put out on front pages. Um, and that helps out a lot with the visibility for the podcast. So you guys are spectacular. Thank you so much for doing it. Yep. And uh, yeah, we will be seeing you guys next time. Beyond the Phantom <laughs> <Bull> Booth. <laughs> right. So, st stay bloodthirsty, my friends, and remember All hail. The Black Dragons. Good night, my friends. Rest well, and may you rise tomorrow victorious and ready to face the day. Bye bye. bye.
Is this better? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those levels look much better. All right. Ready when you are. Moment of silence. <clears throat> oh, just as a uh, like a minor a minor side note. Um, was it you and I that did the last episode, or did you have you and I done an episode recently? We did one a few days ago. Okay. Uh, whatever the last episode was of, oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was you and me, it was you and me. Whatever the last episode was that we, we shot, um, Marcus listened to it and he tweeted at us, he's like, uh, like he, he listened all the way through and then at the end we, you said, uh, let's do a quick sign off and then we'll talk. And then there was nothing after the credits. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> because we didn't record what we talked about afterwards. Right. So he's like, I feel like I got robbed of a post-credit tangent. <laughs> oh, sorry, Marcus. <laughs> Won't happen again. Promise. It felt like that podcast just kind of went on. <laughs> and we eventually got into it where we weren't even really talking. We were just kind of like, mm, oh, yeah, 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 you know. Which I guess to be fair is that happens sometimes. Well, you know, yeah. Sorry, won't happen again, Marcus. Won't happen again. Promise. Okay. <clears throat> A moment of silence, if you please. Are you drinking Starbucks? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Everything. You want Are numeric? You, you, join... you want you want a numeric like that, like rundown of the list? Like you want an alphabetical? Look. The queen, queen of the basics over here is defending you. That's that's how you know there's a problem. I'm the queen of the basics. No. Well, I mean, you are the most advanced basic I've ever met, so. Wow. Some, sometimes you just need... Look. The quality of the coffee doesn't always matter. Like... Dude, I love, I'm not even... I'm not I even love, talking about the quality of the coffee. I'm, no, it's no, the no, fact no. that you're drinking Starbucks. What... what I, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> the quality of the coffee is, is important, though, because it doesn't always matter, but it also always matters because sometimes you don't need a really good cup of coffee. Sometimes you just need diner coffee. I don't drink coffee, so I, I wouldn't know. Right. You, yeah, and you, you're not a coffee drinker, so you don't understand. I have been consuming the devil's bean. Yep, I'm sticking with that. The since devil's like, bean, all yeah, right. Since I was like three, and do with that audio what you will. <laughs> no, he's, he's saying that he's been consuming the devil's bean since he was three. Which it's it sounds yeah it sounds like you've been licking the devil's clit since you were three but well, I, like you know. this is this is a howls this is the family friendly podcast probably should have left left that out. <laughs> hey you said that <laughs> I just said the devil's bean which the coffee is I bean. mean we're recording <laughs> I'll have to put this tangent on on Patreon and TikTok. <laughs> Put a disclaimer at the end of this episode, because <laughs> this isn't going at the beginning. So, right. I got ice stuck in my. All right, sorry. You got ice stuck in your hole. Yeah. 
Vamos a ver. <risa>